For 2021, we're starting our show with this new disclaimer. COVID is real. Vaccines save lives. Western medicine is the best for treating acute diseases and emergencies. If you have a medical ailment, your first call should always be to your doctor. While holistic medicine is great for a lot of things, meditation does not fix everything. We also want to remind everyone that black lives fucking matter. Trans lives fucking matter. Marijuana legalization should be accompanied by dropping past possession charges and convictions. Human trafficking is real. Systematic racism is real. White privilege is real. Holocaust deniers still exist. Neo-Nazis still exist. Whataboutism and both sides rhetoric only serves fascism. Disinformation is dangerous. Many platforms and media outlets will attempt to expose you to far-right ideas by slowly pulling you in. It is everybody's responsibility to learn the dog whistles and rhetorical tactics and to call them out when encountered. The events of January 6, 2021 were a QAnon-inspired fascist coup attempt, and we will not be silent until there are consequences. If you have any problems with this, feel free to turn the show off now. Having said that, let's get back to weird stuff and weed. Your Brain on Weird is recorded in private homes in a state where marijuana is recreationally legal. This show's content is intended for adult audiences only. Welcome back to Your Brain on Weird. I'm Sam. I'm Jess. And we are your hosts for this wonderful podcast. Yay! We're going to talk about some weird stuff, and then we're going to talk about some weed stuff, and it's going to be great. So thanks for joining us on this journey. Thank you. Welcome. How are you doing today? I'm good. I got up pretty early and did some stuff, so I've been productive, and it's been nice. Uh, also, it's been snowing for the past, like, 12 hours, I feel like. More than that. More uh, than that. It started snowing at, like, 3 o'clock here. No. Yeah, probably about that. 2 o'clock here. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, because it was before the sun went down. Yeah, since it's been snowing for a while. <laughs> it was when I left work, and I was like, ah, the whole way home. <laughs> oh, no. I'm sorry. No, it was fine. Okay. But at least it's pretty out, so True. that's cool. The cats and I have been sitting in front of the window and watching the snow. And, uh, yeah, I'm okay. Just chilling. Okay. How are you? I'm, uh, pretty good. I had a snow day today because yes, my boss said, no one's going to come in tomorrow anyways. And, and I was like, great. Smart. That sounds great. So I took Ruben for a little run around in the snow this morning, and she was like, jumping in the air and doing flips and rolling around in the snow and it was very cute it was very cute she loves the snow a lot and now she's like in the bedroom just sitting in the bed uh looking out the window because i opened all the curtains for her (laughs) it's very cute (laughs) and yeah no i'm just good i'm just vibing today it feels nice feels nice to have a day off yes yes Congratulations on your Thank day you off. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'd like to dedicate this to my boss, who uh, is just as depressed as I am. I love you. <laughs> She's Hell yeah. like, wow, do I want a day at home cuddling my dogs? Yeah. All right. 
Yeah. Everyone gets Yeah. I love that. I love that. I love that. <sighs> so are you hydrated? Have you been... Oh. Ah, damn. I was gonna ask Psh. you. Ooh. Ah, oh, fuck. You gotta be quicker than Flips that. Flip's desk. <laughs> Whoa. Um, wait, let's see. Oh, man, I'm not doing great. Okay, so I filled this up this morning and I've drank... I think that's probably a cup's oh, no. worth. <laughs> so, I will drink more now. Um, I've been up for three hours, so it's a little disappointing. I have had tea, which has a lot of water in it, and it's a big cup of tea. Yeah, that works. So, Ruben was just standing up on the cat tower. I can see her behind yeah, you. She's standing on the coffee table, looking out the window. She's got to get it from she's just every from window angle. Window. It's very good. I love it. <laughs> oh, I can see her. She's so she's funny. She's so cute. I love her so much. She's such a goofball. Okay. 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 <laughs> have you have you drank enough water yeah. today? I yeah. got up this morning and I like chugged my whole bottle of water because I was so dehydrated. Nice. I was just like, <gasps> and then I've drank like two cups of coffee. So that's, that's really good. good. I haven't eaten yet, mm-hmm. but. Ooh, I had a bowl of cereal. That had milk in it. That's good. Oat milk nice. in it. I guess I do have cereal. I don't like cereal, though. Sometimes I do. <laughs> I I like one kind of cereal, and it is Special K Red Berries. It's the Special K that has the dehydrated I love strawberries that kind, in it. Actually. Only kind of cereal I like. <laughs> um, I think we have a box of, like, very berry Cheerios, which are pretty good, I will say. Oh. And Nick got, I don't know, something the other day. Oh, he got... Cheerios with marshmallows in them. Okay. Interesting. He's like, yo, these have marshmallows in them? Fuck yeah, I'm getting these. And I was like, okay. Interesting. Because we're adults and we eat adult cereal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. that's all I got. <laughs> all right. Well, would you would you like to hear the topic that I chose for this week? Yeah, I would love to. All right. So... Uh, last week, you did your part two, well, you did part one and then part two of the Stanley Hotel, and Mm -hmm. you talked about the Estes Method, Mm -hmm. and how you wanted to try doing the Estes Method along with automatic writing. Yeah. And we kind of, like, talked about that a little bit, but I wanted to just, like, do a quick rundown of what automatic writing is, and some, like, cool things that have happened, like, throughout history that are related to automatic writing. Cool. So that when and if we decide to try this experiment, maybe people can, like, give us some uh, ideas and whatnot. So Cool, cool. So, um, automatic writing. It is, okay, first of all, it's not the same as free writing. Uh, when I was in school, I learned a method of, like, journaling that's just free writing. It's called free writing, where you basically, you, like, set a timer, and then you just write constantly. You don't think about grammar or punctuation or anything. You don't think about what you're writing. You just write. And it's not the same thing. Like, that's a writing technique, but it's not the same thing as automatic writing. So there's that. So it's also called psychography. It's claimed to be a psychic ability that allows a person to produce written words without consciously writing. So parapsychologists... William Fletcher Barrett says that, quote, automatic messages may take place either by the writer passively holding a pencil on a sheet of paper or by a planchette. So 
an example of automatic writing is actually using a Ouija board. Weird. I didn't know that. Yeah. Isn't that like, I had never thought of it before, but it makes sense because you're like forming words. Yeah. So automatic writing can happen in a trance or in a waking state. There's an early tradition in China called spirit writing, planchette writing, or Fuji. So this is like an early example of automatic writing. Uh, messages from various deities and spirits were received through that, and those messages ha- actually led to the founding of several religions. Nice. Yeah. Which, the first thing I thought of when I read that was Joseph Smith. You know that story? I don't think so. The Mormons. The story of Joseph Smith is basically this guy received a message from a deity, from God. I don't know if it was from God. He received a message. And he wrote it out, and that is what ended up being essentially the Bible for them. Like, that ended up being their sacred text. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you want to know more, you can look that up. I think that's just basically the gist of it. I could be wrong. Anyway. All I know about Mormonism is that it's a cult, so... You know, that checks out. Yep. That checks. Also, I just want to let you know that my mom got me new blankets for Christmas, And she got me the green one because it matches my hair, which is very cute of her. It does. Yeah. I really like that. Yeah. That's all. I love those blankets. Yeah, me too, dude. So nice. (laughs) I am a Taurus. So, you know, I love my blankets. I don't know why I love blankets. Probably just because I'm cold all the time. (laughs) You know, that's valid. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, Okay, so another example of automatic writing um, is 16th century Enochian, which was dictated to John Dee and Edward Kelly. Um, You're like, like, yeah, yeah. Okay, this Uh, one I know. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, So Enochian is the language used in Enochian magic, essentially. Um, It's extremely detailed and complex. It has basically like its own grammar and its own rules. And that's, like, basically all I know about it. But we have some friends that know a lot about Enochian, so... Maybe we can have one of them come on and talk about that. That'd be fun. Maybe. That would be fun. I would be interested to to learn a little more about that. Mm -hmm. Um, So, John Dee basically claimed that using automatic writing, he was able to gather information about the elixir of life. Word. Oh, worm. Oh, worm. I don't know why that's so funny. I don't know why Uh, that's so funny. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) On to Aleister Crowley. (laughs) Of course. Perfect. Who else? Transition. Who else but Aleister Crowley? So he used Enochian and automatic writing to compile the collected works, which included the Book of the Law. Two very famous books, I guess, that Aleister Crowley uh, wrote. So... A lot of spiritualists believe that spirits take control of the hand of the medium in these cases to write messages, letters, and even entire books like that. Another example is the surrealist poet Robert Desnos, I think I'm pronouncing that right, who claimed he was among the most gifted in automatic writing. So I guess all of this guy's poems were like automatically written. Is that something you can say? Yeah. Um, And there was another woman named... There was another woman named Pearl Lenore Curran, who channeled the spirit of a poet named Patience Worth. 
Uh, did you see the episode? I think it was on Drunk History about this. No, dude. What? Um, That's so cool. I was just watching Drunk History last night. That's I, a synchronicity. Okay. I'm pretty <laughs> sure. I'm pretty sure there is. Let me double check. Also, Nick had never seen Drunk History. Somehow. Interesting. I'm surprised. Yes, me too. He loved it, though. I also We also started watching Over the Garden Wall, which he had also never seen, and Ooh. he is also loving it. I do really like that. I need to rewatch it. Mm-hmm. Maybe? It- hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I'm so confused. Wait. Maybe what? it was on Unsolved Mysteries that I saw it. I am not sure. I thought there was a Drunk History episode that had something related to this. Um, maybe it wasn't on Drunk History. Okay, never mind. So, this woman, what was her first name? Pearl Lenore Kieran. So, she dictated seven books and thousands of poems that came from the spirit of a 17th century English woman. So, the writing was very, like, olden times, like, Mm -hmm. not at all from that time period. I wish I could remember where I saw the episode on it. I just looked it up and I can't find it. Anyway. Um, but yeah, I had heard that story a really long time ago and it's really interesting. And I like, maybe I'll talk about it like on our next little weird or something. Mm-hmm. So later in 1878, there was a French critic and historian named Hippolyte Taine. Interesting name. And they described the experience of a man named Fernando Pessoa. So, um, this guy, Fernando, claimed that not only had he experienced, quote, ethereal visions and, quote, magnetic auras, um, but he had experienced automatic writing, and he described it as feeling owned by something else. Interesting. Creepy. Um, He sometimes felt a sensation in his right arm as it was being lifted into the air without him being in control of it. <laughs> so that was that. I love that for him. Um, throughout history, there were a number of others who claimed to have experienced automatic writing. There was the medium Pierre L.O.A. Keeler. I don't know what the L.O.A. stands for. Long name. L.O.A. Yeah. Like the letters? Yeah. Pierre L.O.A. Keeler. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Um, who had apparently communicated with Abraham Lincoln. Oh, very good. Yes. Despite Lincoln being a very well-known skeptic. And um, Keeler was also known for doing stage magic. Interesting. So um, it's kind of like, oh, we don't really know. But the writings are exhibited at the Lilydale Museum. Cool. So you can go see them. So again, we have Joe Nickel, famous skeptic who likes to just randomly pop in and be like, no. Ruin everybody's fun. (laughs) Basically. Basically. Um, He made a detailed examination of the writings and concluded it had zero resemblance to Lincoln's handwriting. Okay. So he's saying that this was a hoax. Um, There was another one that was a suspected hoax that Harry Houdini was known for pointing out. Um, Did you know that Harry Houdini was also known for, like, calling out psychics that were hoaxing people you didn't know that yeah that was another thing that he did that's very on top of of like his weird magic tricks yeah he would go around and be like no like you're a fraud and he would expose people like psychics and like magicians and stuff for being frauds weird 
Yeah, and show people how they were faking their magic tricks and stuff like that. That's so good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So one of the ones that he was like, no, this is fake, was one where Arthur Conan Doyle and his wife led an automatic writing seance. So apparently Doyle's wife wrote 15 pages of messages that came from Houdini's mother. Interesting. Yes. So basically she was like, oh yeah, here's all the stuff that your mother has to say to you. And Houdini was like, this is fake. (laughs) He's like, no way. So if she was faking it, that was bold. Yeah. And if not, then like, it's just interesting. Um, so another really prominent example is actually the Brattleboro hoax, which guess where? Vermont? Fucking, yeah, Brattleboro, Vermont, of course, is where it took place. One of my favorite fucking places on the planet. So I didn't know about this. I think it's really cool. This is another one of those weird things that like you always discover in New England that are just like, what the fuck? Like, why doesn't nobody talk about this? Yeah. New England's weird as (laughs) shit, man. That's all I gotta say. So basically, when Charles Dickens died, he left an unfinished project called The Mystery of Edwin Drood. And there was a printer named T.P. James, another kind of unfortunate nickname. (laughs) (laughs) T.P. And T.P. claimed that this angered Dickens' spirit so much that he channeled the rest of the novel through James, through T.P.'s hand. So T.P. basically wrote the rest of the novel and said that he had done it because Charles Dickens' spirit had possessed him. Weird. Yes. I love the idea that Charles Dickens was pissed enough, pissed enough that he died before finishing his book. He's like, I gotta fucking go back and finish it, man. Like, come on! I can't just leave it. Like, fucking T.P., get over here, motherfucker. Write this fucking book. He was a a printer, so, I mean... Go straight to the source. Exactly. <laughs> I love that. Very good. Ah, <laughs> oh, Brattleboro. Oh, Brattleboro. So now on to one of our favorites, the Stargate Project. <laughs> uh, Stargate. Uh, I actually haven't looked into Stargate that much because I'd started to when I was looking at Project Pegasus, but I was like, this is too much for me right now. <laughs> One thing at a time. Well, I talked about it a little bit when we did remote viewing, too. Yeah. So, yeah. like, yeah. Um, so there was a, a member of the remote viewing unit. For people who don't know, Stargate Project was a project that was run by the CIA, correct? I think. Yes. CIA. Um, and it's confirmed where they did experiments on remote viewing and automatic writing and basically just, like, psychical experiments. Um, And there was a member of their remote viewing unit named Angela Del Fiora that claimed that spirits were guiding her hand and she was doing written remote viewing. That was what they called it. Okay. (laughs) Bad name. Come on, man. Yeah. (laughs) Lazy. Come on. Very lazy. So... Um, through this through this written remote viewing, um, they got the location of a fugitive DEA agent named Charlie Jordan. Okay. So basically she said, this is what it says. It says that Charlie Jordan is here. And conveniently, Jordan was captured a few weeks later 
Um, and it happened to be ha- just happened to be at a place that matched up with something that she had described. Interesting. Um, and I read part of Joe Nichols' report on it, and I have to say, like, I kind of agree with him that like it kind of seems like it was a case of like anecdotal evidence, and we know that there was a lot of like selective reporting and. They didn't do a very good job documenting things. They didn't really have any strategy to what they were doing in the Stargate project. So Joe Nickel was basically just like, oh, they said that this was a success, but basically it just so happened that it was a coincidence. Oh, okay. That's fair. And I kind of agree with that. Yeah. Unfortunately. I hate to agree with Joe Nickel, but he just always has to ruin the fun. I know, man. Okay. So there was an... There are other cases that include, there was one that was a woman named Susan Lander, who claimed that Betsy Ross, who was the creator of the first American flag, um, had contacted her to say, quote, I am gay, and I fly the flag of pride and liberty for all of us. Quote. No. Fake. (laughs) That's such bullshit. Are you kidding me? I wish I was. So that one was fun. Stupid. Oh, yeah. So... Um, William S. Burroughs also described his 1959 book, Naked Lunch, as, quote, automatic writing gone horribly wrong. (laughs) Okay. So I guess this was like a strategy that he used pretty often. And he believed that when he wrote this particular book, his subconscious had been taken over by a hostile entity. Okay. I almost kind of want to go look and like read a little bit of the book but i'm also a little scared yeah what was the book about what oof okay hold on let's see oh wow they made a movie whoa okay the book is structured as a series of loosely connected vignettes burroughs states that the chapters are intent are intended to be read in any order oh naked lunch is a non-linear narrative without a clear plot Hilarious. The book begins in the adventures of William Lee, who is Burroughs' alter ego in the novel. His journey starts in the U.S. where he is fleeing the police in search of his next fix. There are short chapters describing the different characters he travels with and meets along the way. He jumps around through space and time. Um, wow, there's a lot of swearing. Yeah, this, this, looks, uh, this looks like something a hostile entity would write. That's so funny. Uh, but yeah, they made a movie about it, and it has a 69% nice on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. So. Wow, weird. I feel like part of my notes didn't save. So weird. Okay. No big deal. Yeah. All right. So, um, so yeah. So that's just, like, a few examples of, like, stuff that's happened through history uh, that has been claimed to be, like, through automatic writing and stuff. People have a lot of ideas as to where the whole thing comes from. One of them is the ideomotor effect. It is a physiological phenomenon where a person makes motions unconsciously. So apparently the body sometimes like will react to like even things just like ideas reflexively and you can unconsciously make movements based on like being suggested certain ideas and so a lot of times like that's what dowsing and ouija boards and stuff like that are attributed to is like you're being presented an idea and you're unconsciously like reflexively reacting to that Mm -hmm. 
which kind of makes sense, I guess. Because the first thing I thought of is like when you're when you learn to drive, they tell you like don't look at don't look at the side of the road like where you want to hit. Like yeah. look at where you want to go. Because you'll reflexively turn the wheel towards the thing that you are looking at that you don't yeah. want to hit. Yeah. And then we have another fun thing called alien hand syndrome. Ooh, that's fun. Yes. Also called Dr. Strangelove syndrome. Makes it even more fun. <laughs> You're like, Why? now it sounds creepy. <laughs> now that's gross. <laughs> so apparently it's a category of conditions where a person experiences their limbs seemingly acting on their own. And it, a most, it most commonly affects the left hand, which I thought was really interesting. That is very interesting. Because, like, if you normally write with your right hand, right? Mm -hmm. And then you are suffering from alien hand syndrome and you are suddenly writing with your left hand, I can imagine why that would be like, holy shit, like, what is happening? Right. Alien hand syndrome is best documented in cases where a person has had the two hemispheres of their brains surgically separated at any point point in their life. So that's typically like epilepsy patients. Mm -hmm. There's a lot mm -hmm. of like brain surgeries that involve that. And so this is the part where I got kind of freaked out because apparently migraine sufferers also experience alien hand syndrome. And... I have actually experienced this before. Wow, really? Because I get, when I do get migraines, I get very, very, very bad migraines. I get the ocular migraine where I basically go blind. I can't see anything. Um, sometimes it gets to the point where my fingers go numb. And also, like, it has gotten to the point where my, just my entire arm, I just can't feel my entire arm. Mm -hmm. And, like they've moved and i've done things but like i haven't been able to feel my arm the entire time gross yes i hate it that's why i drink coffee every day because apparently it helps thanks caffeine thanks caffeine yeah i had a headache when i woke up this morning and then i chugged a cup of coffee and now i feel way better <laughs> perfect i love how when i uh when i started going to the doctor for my migraines, I was like, like, basically everything I just said, like, this happens to me. Sometimes I have trouble, like, speaking and, like, forming words. Like, my brain just doesn't work the same. And they were like, oh, here, we'll give you this prescription for whenever you start feeling like you're going to get a migraine. And so I took that for a while. And then my, and then my doctor quit. So I couldn't get the prescription anymore. And I remember going to my boss at the time and saying, like, bringing her the bottle and saying, like, I need, I, like, need this. Like, where do I get this? And she was like, oh, that's just caffeine, dude. Wow. She's like, that's, that's a caffeine derivative. Because she, my old boss used to be a uh, pharmacist. Okay. So okay. she was like, that's why I was like, just bring her my meds. But, um. But she was like, yeah, that's literally just a caffeine derivative. Just, like, drink a cup of coffee whenever you start getting a migraine. Because it, it, it opens up your blood vessels or it opens up blood flow or something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, even if you look at, like, a bottle of Excedrin or something, like, the first active ingredient is caffeine. Caffeine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 So strange. It's very strange. Yeah. Love that shit. I love it. Actually, I hate it. But I like coffee, so it's okay. Oh, I love coffee. Oh, coffee's so good. Oh, I love it. 
Okay, so those are like basically the physical examples of what it could be. Psychical researchers such as Thomas J. Hudson claimed that no spirits are involved in automatic writing and that is just the the subconscious mind. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, neurologist Terence Hines also says that, quote, automatic writing is an example of a milder form of a dissociative state. Mm-hmm. I think that's also a really cool concept still, though. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't think that makes automatic writing any less interesting. Absolutely. Like, that's so I'm gonna, cool. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that. Okay. Okay. Sorry. I'm getting excited. I love no, psychology okay. and shit. No, oh, it's totally like, fine. I know that's dude. That's like basically where we like became friends was in psychology class. So yeah, I, I get yeah. it. <laughs> I just love the brain. The brain is so weird. It is. The brain is weird. Ah, oh, fuck. Good shit. How I know how we got here. Okay. Right. 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 Uh, it's all. It's all coming back to me. Oh man, I'm not sorry. So. One of the examples of things that have apparently happened when people have been in dissociative states was there was an investigation done on a medium in the 19th century named Helen Smith, who claimed that she was automatic writing to, like, convey messages from Martians. Word. So I actually have a picture of some of the writing that she did. Interesting. Yes. (laughs) Fun little symbols and stuff. That's very cool. Fun and exciting. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And okay, so the other interesting thing about this is I guess that she was able to read it out loud, or somebody was able, like, she was dictating it out loud vocally or something. And there were psychologists that listened to whatever this language sounded like and said that it had a really close resemblance to her native language, which just happened to be French. Interesting. And they said that it was possible that it was just like subconscious memories, like things that she had forgotten, um, like books that she had read as a kid or something like that, that were like in her subconscious memory, but like didn't really come forward until she like was in a dissociative state. Mm hmm. And that was how it manifested, I guess. That's really cool. Yeah. Wow. Very strange. I wonder if she even spoke French at that point. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so, because I think that was why it was so, like, shocking to everybody. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's really cool, too. Mm -hmm. Your brain still remembers a language that you don't know anymore. Yeah. 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 Very interesting. Very interesting. Indeed. Um, So one thing I do want to mention is that Automatic writing has apparently been the source of a lot of cases of self-delusion. There was one case where there was this woman who was just, like, writing all over the walls of her house. Like, just random, just writing all over her house. And Harry Price, who was an investigator, exposed that as being the result of, like, basically she was losing her mind because she was hiding an affair. From her husband. That is so funny. And she was just, like, losing her mind and just writing all over her walls. Which is, like, sad, but also, like, Jesus fucking Christ. That's wild. Yeah, wild. Also, speaking of cults, 
There was a cult in the 50s that was led by a former Scientologist named Keech. Keech? Keech. K-E-E-C-H. Keech. Keech and Kong. I like Cheech and Chong. Nope. I will not. Nope. They're evil twins. <laughs> that, okay, true. True. So Keech convinced his followers that they were going to board a ship to a non-existent planet to save them from this flood that was going to just eliminate the entire world. Um, it just sounds like an amalgamation of a bunch of other things I've heard of. Um, but anyway. And apparently that was supposed to happen on December 20th, 1954. And when it didn't happen, um, Keech said that he got a message from God through automatic writing, basically just calling the whole thing off and saying like, whoops, never mind. Sounds like he was covering his ass. Correct. Um, so that one was a hoax in a way, but was also like, was a result of him just being like delusional. So that's, that's crazy. So Arthur Conan Doyle, who was the uh, guy who did the experiment with his wife and Houdini that we talked about earlier, wrote in his book, The New Revelation, that... Automatic writing occurs either by the writer's subconscious or by external spirits operating through the writer. So he's saying it could be both. Both. Okay. Yeah. He's like, I actually don't really know anymore. Yeah. 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 Similarly, paranormal researcher Ben Radford wrote in a book that he published in 2017 called Investigating Ghosts that there is no real way to know if the writing is coming from externally or internally. Mm-hmm. He also said that he thinks it would be easier for them to communicate by voice than by, like, controlling somebody's hand or, like, controlling a pen or a pencil, which, like, I guess we don't really know Yeah, how that, like, energy gets transferred or whatever. So, basically, we have no idea. Great. But, once again, we are going to highly speculate. And, like you mentioned before, I like the idea that it's a way for you to, like, tap into your subconscious mind. I really like that idea. And so I looked up how to do automatic writing because I was like, well, like, why not try it? Yeah. And so um, I found this website called thejoywithin.org, which I didn't look into it too much. I'm not really sure if I recommend it. But it said that automatic writing is sometimes used to, quote, root out hidden beliefs and mental structures that might underlie a patient's psychosis. And it has been widely used in artistic creation um, so we talked about automatic drawing a little mm -hmm. bit, and apparently that's called surrealist automatism. Very cool. Mm -hmm. Fancy. So in this case, automatic writing is used to tap into the vast intelligence, wisdom, and creativity of the subconscious mind. All right. So let's talk about how to do automatic writing. Step one. Obviously, this is something that happens in a dissociative state. So you have to start with meditation. Uh, if you don't really know how to meditate or if you are not really comfortable with it, um, if you're inexperienced, you can get some guided ones online. Um, Dana Newkirk actually has one that's free to download on the Museum of the Paranormal and Occult Patreon page. That's really good. I think she has a few up now. Cool. And those are amazing. So start with meditation and make sure you can, like, get into that, like, state of mind um, without falling asleep. Important. Correct. Very important. Because you want to be able to, like, 
Right. So step two, start with a brand new journal. You want a completely clean slate. One of the things that I assumed that was because is because if you have other writing in your journal, maybe like you pressing down on it can transfer and it can look weird or something. I have no idea. Um, But you want a brand new journal. Uh, Step three, you want to close your eyes if you can, or even put on a blindfold. Estes method. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Step four, call on an entity or spirit or whatever. If you wish to communicate with someone or something, ask for them to communicate with you. Otherwise, maybe this is an internal thing and maybe you skip that part. But if we're going to couple it with the Estes method, that would absolutely be something we would do. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And step five, along with that, is ask very specific questions. Um, so not necessarily like yes or no questions, like you want to be getting like really specific answers. If you aren't familiar with the Estes method, a lot of the questions that they ask in like Spirits of the Stanley and Hellier and stuff are very specific. So you want to be asking questions and like getting responses that way. And the last step is to write down everything that comes into your head, even if you are unsure about it, which is Again, the same thing with the Estes method. You are saying it out loud. Yeah. And that's basically it. (laughs) So I thought that was really interesting. And it kind of like solidified the fact that doing the Estes method and automatic writing together would definitely work. I think. Yeah. I'm definitely going to try automatic writing at some point. I don't think I have any new journals, but I'll locate one. I want to try that. Yeah, I definitely would like to try it too. Yeah. I was, like, reading through some of the forums of people who, like, do it pretty regularly, and one thing that I read online was, like, people were asking, how do you know whether something is, like, being channeled or if it's just your subconscious? And there was a trick that I read somewhere, I think it was on Twitter, and I can't remember who said it, but you can ask a question that you can't possibly know the answer to yourself, or you can ask for information that you could not ever possibly know and then Mm -hmm. confirm it later. Okay. Which I thought was a really cool method because a lot of times I feel like I have a lot of trouble discerning what is like my subconscious and what I feel like is something that's external. Yeah. Weird. Cool. Very, very weird. Yes. Automatic writing is really cool, and I would love to try it. And if anybody has experiences with automatic writing, please reach out to us, because I would love to hear what happened. Yeah. Even if you just used a Ouija board and something cool happened. Yeah. That counts, too. It does. Thanks. You're welcome. We are stoked to tell you about our first sponsor, Anchor. If you're like us and you want to start a podcast but have no idea where to start, listen up. So when we first decided to start a podcast, we were looking for a way to put your brain on weird out to the most people um, without having to do the most work. We are so happy that we found Anchor because they distribute our show to apps like Spotify and Apple Podcasts for us. This means that our listeners can find us wherever they already listen without having to download anything new. Once you're ready to get going, just create an account and start recording. They have the tools you need to record and edit your podcast. You can even edit on the go from your phone. Anchor has everything you could possibly want, including free transition sounds and photos that you can use to build your show. Not only that, but you can start making money as soon as you release your first episode. 
the best part is that all of this is free. So if you want to make a podcast, go to anchor.fm and get started today. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M. By supporting them, you're supporting podcasts like us, too. Ah, okay. So, from education today, I'm going to be talking about why is some weed purple? <laughs> wow. My favorite color. I'm yeah, ready. Just thought it would be uh, kind of a fun. No, dumb these thing are the talk Im- about. These are the important questions, man. Mm-hmm. So, I feel like there's this like golden nug in the sky, and it's always purple, right? That people are like, "This is the best weed ever." It's always purple, and I mean, like, it's. Purple weed is just purple weed. It's not better or worse than green weed or whatever, but it looks really fucking cool, and I think that's why people like it so much. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, the thing that makes purple weed purple is um, a water-soluble sol- pigment called, oh god, anthocyanins. Okay. Oh my god, I remember learning about those in baking science. Ugh. Oh, shit. Of course you did. Yeah. So, anthocyanins. I've never heard that word before in my life. It's very weird. Um, yeah. It's actually present in a lot of plants, um, like blueberries, for example. Ooh. And these molecules can occur in a range of colors from red to purple to dark blue or black, depending on the pH level, which is fun. How? Why did you learn about that when you learned about bread? Okay, so baking science was an all was a fucking chemistry class, and we were learning about actually what I was going to talk about next, which are flavonoids, and it's literally the molecules that are responsible for giving plants and things like that their pigment and flavor and shit like that. So we oh. were learning about that <laughs> fucking baking science. Okay. I got okay. a D in that class. Well. No, that's not true. I got a C in that class. I passed. Barely. I was, I was going to say, well, I, uh, I'll trust your word. Then. I trust you are a... Yeah, I got a science degree. <laughs> How? I don't know. Um, Wait, same. I also got a science degree. Yeah. I'm going to start saying that now. Yeah. <laughs> it's not an art degree, actually. It's a science. Mm-hmm, Thanks. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. All right. <clears throat> so anthocyanins are part of a larger class of substances known as flavonoids. Flavonoids. Oh, fun fact. Flav, in the word flavonoid, comes from the Greek word for yellow, flavis. <laughs> <laughs> Those words are all amazing. <laughs> Uh, great words okay <laughs> flav i'm gonna start calling yellow flav 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 flavis <laughs> maybe it's flavis flavis, flavis. <laughs> flav uh, oh no 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 flav 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 only flava flav that's why i didn't want to do flav no too late it all comes back to flavor flavor <laughs> <clears throat> All right. There's no time for Flava Flav on this podcast. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> <Sorry>. <clears throat> okay. 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 <laughs> so that's why 
purple weed is purple. Um, so you can't just turn any strain of weed purple. It like does have to have the genetics for the color. Um, it doesn't like matter like the pH level in the soil or the water or anything like that. But if it has it, then you can change like the range of purple color that it is, which is pretty cool. Uh, so, is purple marijuana better? Visual appeal aside, the answer is no. Perfect. Thank you. So, basically, there's no active benefit of having, like, the purple color. It doesn't do anything different. But it also has a tendency for lower THC content than mm. standard green weed. And, of course, there are always... uh exceptions to the rule but you can't like stress a plant too too much and if you're trying to get max thc out of a plant you probably won't get that purple color because it'll be stressed Mm. um so like they don't really go hand in hand yeah that's very weird i always think it's really strange when i get weed that's that's purple yeah um so i think it's really cool and yeah. I like purple weed, but it's just, uh, if you're going to smoke purple weed, you know, do it for the effects of it, or if you want the novelty of it, I guess. And I guess There's nothing so, yeah. wrong with it, but... Or if you prefer your, like, weed to have lower THC, I guess, then, like... Yeah. That's cool. I don't, personally. <laughs> yeah. I do like the way it looks when you grind it up, though. I think it True. looks really cool. So, there's that. Yeah. But that's pretty much it. Neat. Thank you. You're welcome. Some good purple knowledge. Perp. Perp. Purple nurple. <laughs> no, thank you. No, thank you. I'll pass. <laughs> All right. Anything else that you have to say to our lovely audience? Uh, if you're listening to this now, we just released our Little Weird for January, which was Little Weird number eight. And we talked about a lot of... Weird stories in New England. So, <laughs> yeah. If you're interested in more weird New England stories, that is full of them. Sam also talks about some of their psychic brain experiences and uh, <laughs> psychic brain developments, I'm going to call it. Yeah. And uh, so that was a lot of fun. And you should go listen to that. It's less than a half an hour long for people who like our shorter episodes. So, yeah, that's good. Also, crazy to think that we've been doing this for. Eight months? Nine months now? Because we did skip one little weird one month, yeah. didn't we? Yeah, nine yeah. months because we skipped a month. That yep. is really weird. Oh, no. Oh, very weird. <laughs> Crazy. So thank you for everyone who has fucking listened since we started doing this. That's great. Yeah. And if you just recently started listening, thank you for being here. And we're glad you found us. Yeah. And uh, if you want more from us, you can visit our website at yourbrainonweird.com. You can find links to all of our social media. Mainly, if you want to talk to us, you can email us or find us on Twitter. And links for our merch page is right there. And also a submission box. If you have any weird stories or anything like that, you want to tell us about your automatic writing, you can just uh, go to our website and submit your story right there. We'd love to hear from you. Yay! Yes, send us your stories. Also, um, I 
<clears throat> I looked up the other day how most people listen, just because I was curious. And I'm not trying to call anyone out, but most people listen on their iPhones and listen on Apple Music. So if you listen to us on Apple Music, we'd really appreciate if you would go and give us a review. That really helps us out. It helps us get more exposure. So just like go and hit hit the five star, preferably, button and maybe write a little sentence in there. And we would really appreciate that. So, yeah. Cool. Wild. And, uh... That's all I got. All right. You good? Well, that's all I got. All right, sick. Okay. Well, thank you so much for listening once again. I'm Jess. And I'm Sam. And this has been Your Brain on Weird. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.